the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Dr. Ben Tapper. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Thursday, October 6th in the year 2022. And tonight we have an amazing interview with Dr. Ben Tapper, just a man who's strong in his faith and really who sees his practice as ministry. Just to, I think you'll find this to be a very empowering and very encouraging interview on just the whole power of healing and how we can approach healing from both a spiritual and from a alternative medical point of view. Before we begin, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep, which is essential in our health anyway. And to do that, you need to go to MyPillow.com. Com. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's landing page on MyPillow. And there you're going to find all the latest deals. But let me just tell you, after traveling, traveling this country for weeks, sleeping in too many beds and hotels, there is nothing like a MyPillow setup. You need a pillow, a MyPillow Classic. You need the MyPillow Giza cotton sheets. You need the MyPillow Comforter, MyPillow Mattress, the whole thing. And, of course, there are MyPillow Slippers, and then you have the MyPillow towel sets, which just everything is of high quality. It is just such great product, and it all comes to you with great value with your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S. So head on over to MyPillow.com, use your promo code BARDS, and let me tell you, you will not be disappointed. And on top of it, we know it's a Patriot company, and all of these dollars we spend there support the greater fight to restoring this nation back to its designed republic. So again, mypillow.com forward slash bards, promo code bards. So Patriots, one of the big things we face in this day is just the clarity on this whole medical nightmare that we're in and finding good outlets, good doctors is hard. Dr. Ben Tapper is a chiropractor. And as the more of I've, the more that I've learned of chiropractic care, the more that I realize that they are literally on the cutting edge of where we need to be in terms of our whole health and body wellness. So without further ado, let me introduce to you, Dr. Ben Tapper. You know, that's the thing. I was just sharing that today, you know, about complacency. A lot of people are complacent. They're choosing comfort. And I think that, uh, you know, and I was just saying that God hates um, complacency. He loves contentment, but there's a difference. There's a big difference between contentment and complacency. And complacency, especially in the times of deceit or evil, or in times of when we should speak, choosing silence really is is being complicit, and that's uh, and I think God hates that. And you know, God wants us to be bold and courageous. And there's a time to be silent. There's a time to zip our lips, and you know, but there's also a time to be bold and courageous and speak. And, so, and this is that time. I mean, this is amen. literally that you, I think we've all been called. 
Patriots, I am really honored today to have one of the early and original voices in this movement to keep people safe from the injection, the death shot, who's been a stalwart fighter in this whole way, Dr. Ben Tapper. Now, in all this time I we've been in this, I have not had the opportunity to meet him until I was in Nebraska at a small rally that we had there with Dr. Lee Merritt and Dr. Tapper was there. And I'm telling you, the minute we met, it was like meeting a brother from another mother. Just an awesome man of, of Christ and a, a powerful voice in this movement. So Dr. Ben Tapper, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good, Scott. Thanks so much for having me on here. It's a, it's a great honor to be with you, brother. Absolutely. Well, let's start with a little bit about your background and let people get to know you a little bit. Absolutely. What do you want to know? Well, let's talk a little bit about the type of clinic you run and just uh, and, and all the sorts of things you've been involved in over the last couple of years to wage this war for truth. Well, first of all, you know, I come from a family of chiropractors. My dad practiced for 43 years. I grew up in a natural-minded, homeopathic, naturopathic mindset. Uh, you know, if we you know, if we got sick, my dad didn't freak out or panic. You know, if we just got the common coronavirus, which is a common cold, uh, you know, or t- common respiratory, you know, he'd just say, well, here's some probiotics, got me adjusted. Uh, he'd pump me with vitamin C or liposomal C, you know, and uh, maybe some zinc. And that was it. And we just wrote it out. Uh, very rarely do we ever go seek allopathic care. Now, you know, we grew up with a mindset that allopathic care is is needed in certain situations and emergency or crisis care, but it's not it's not to be uh, considered preventative wellness care. And there's a big difference, um, and it's not to be considered natural care. And I and I call it wisdom. There's wisdom in in natural healthcare, the way God created things in our in the body, and and uh, so that's the kind of practice I run. I run a very holistic type clinic. I run a I like to say I'm a doctor of cause. I don't like to just treat symptoms. I don't like to have just a pain clinic. I want to get to the root cause of of disease. And, you know, and just in the nation, we have a misconception of what dis disease really is. I say dis-ease because we need to understand the whole meaning of the word. Dis means away from a state of ease. And, you know, our whole goal is to get back to a state of ease. And the only way to do that is to to remove interference. And uh and so that's uh, basically where I'm at, you know, and my family, uh, my sister is a chiropractor, her husband's a chiropractor and my dad's a chiropractor. And so our family functions are real fun when we all get together. So it's, uh, it's good stuff. Absolutely. So recently you said you had um, sold your clinic. Is that right? Yeah, I sold my clinic about six or seven months ago and I'm actually starting a new brand new clinic in Blair, Nebraska. I'll be in, I'll be open in about 10 weeks. It's going to be called Tapper Chiropractic, um, but we are going to be a functional-based type clinic, and that's where we're at. When you mention chiropractor, a lot of people don't really understand the range and scope of all that you do. It's Typically, it's just people think in terms of alignments, but there's so much more to that. Well, the only thing that heals in the body that controls all other systems in the body is a nervous system. Um, and so that controls every cell, every tissue, every organ in the body. And our goal as chiropractors is really the restoration and maintenance of the integrity of the nervous system. And that's what we do, you know, and, and so, you know, nature really doesn't need any help. It just needs no interference. Uh, you know, and that's kind of, might be a hard concept to understand, but really it's like the wilted plant analogy or illustration. If you look at a wilted plant, 
you know, the allopathic world will say, well, we need to cut off its leaves or we need to medicate or vaccinate the plant. But really, uh, you know, the, the true physician looks at the plant and says it just needs water and it can be well. And, you know, there might be a time and place for surgery where the leaves are dead and there might be a time to change the chemistry of the soil. But really, it's all about giving the body what it needs and understanding that the body heals, that the body is self-healing, self-regulating, as long as we remove that interference, and allow the body to heal itself. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. So we've got an issue here now globally and across this nation where people have been convinced that the only way, and not everybody, but a large percentage of people have been convinced that the only way to move forward is to take this experimental injection, which is more of a technology than it is anything else, put that in their bodies. And, and what are your thoughts there? Well, there's a, I mean, I could lecture how much time do we have? We have an hour. Uh, right. So this is the thing. There's not a safe vaccine. You know, my whole research, and I dedicated my life to the study of vaccinations, and my dad studied them before I did, and uh, he'd been, he's been speaking out against vaccinations since the 70s. We're just not told the whole story on vaccinations, even polio. You know, when you, once you sit down with someone and have a dialogue about vaccinations, they always go back to the polio. What about polio? Didn't that vaccine eradicate polio? Well, if you just break down the word poliomyelitis, polio means gray, myel means spine, and itis is inflammation. So poliomyelitis gray inflammation, or I'm sorry, inflammation, the gray matter of the spinal cord of the, and that gray matter of the spinal cord is called the anterior horn. And so polio was diagnosed always by location and inflammation. And back in, if you look at the history of allopathic world, uh, uh, you know, the allopathic thinking in history, they, if they didn't understand a cause of, of something, they'd always blame it on a virus. So to give an example, scurvy was blamed on a virus at one time, but we proved that it was a vitamin C deficiency. And so my point is polio, you know, it, it really is, it, it, if I were to give you like, uh, let's say arsenic, for example, arsenic is going to cause inflammation of the gray matter of the spinal cord. But so why don't we call that polio? Well, because polio has been so-called quote unquote eradicated by the vaccine. But, but we do know that arsenic and lead based metals can cause inflammation of the gray matter of the spinal cord. And so my point being, we renamed it. We renamed polio. And the point is there is not, polio is not caused by a virus. It's always a tox, toxin or, you know, something that's it's, it's caused by inflammation in the spinal cord. And so, and I believe it was due to, you know, the DDT spraying and uh, arsenic-based pesticides back in the day. And there's a great book out there called The Moth and the Iron Lung, The Moth and the Iron Lung. And it, it was written by a medical historian talking about the history of the polio and polio vaccine. And so going back to the Corona vaccine, like I've been researching all these vaccines and, and we saw a lot of this stuff coming our way in 2019, we held a seminar, uh, the fall of 2019. And by the way, this video, I, I put out my speech and that speech got me on uh, Facebook uh, jail for 60 days because I lectured out and I said, listen, something big is coming our way. And we had, uh, you know, you have the ACIP, which is the advisory committee on immunization practices state that they cannot force vaccinate, but they can force compliance. That was an early, um, early of 2019. There were cahoots with the World Health Organization who state also stated very um, around the same time stated that the greatest threat globally to our health from a global standpoint are those who question and refuse vaccinations. That was in 2019. Then you fast forward to September or August or whatever, which one it was, August or September of the vaccine summit. And they had all the talking heads, all the health directors at the summit in 2019. And then they had uh, 
they took out in God we trust and they put in vaccines we trust. And so that's why I said this whole thing is spiritual. And then they come out with in the 2020, then we have the corona, coronavirus. And if you look at the meaning of the word corona is crown. And it's like, I'm, you know, looking through spiritual lenses, we as Christians, we should all just have our, our radars up and say, uh, this is kind of, it sounds a little weird when we have Corona and it's like the fear mongering at the, at this caliber, you know, we like almost surrender to this thing. And then we, we just, we just hope and pray for a vaccine. And that that's why I said this whole thing is spiritual and psychological warfare. And the vaccine is the golden calf. I mean, I had Christian people, friends that are like, thank the Lord, this is a miracle. The vaccine is here. And I'm just like, people, we are completely blinded to this thing. This is a spiritual golden calf here that is taking you away from this. And, and even in the healthcare field, I was taught that fear is the fire that fuels the furnace of disease. And when we are afraid, there are psychological impacts to our health. I mean, it affects our physiology. Physi uh, physiology, when we are uh, afraid and fearful, it puts us in our fight or flight. The immune system starts to shut down. I mean, it, it can spike and help the immune system very shortly. But if we're in a chronic state of fight or flight, fearful, uh, fearful state, it's going to hinder the immune system greatly. And, I, and it will cause us to get sick as a species it's just that's physiology that's i mean and we and i swear that the media knows that they're constantly pushing this uh death count on the on the on all stations constantly this death count of corona and uh what is that going to do to us on a psychological standpoint and i've had patients that's got a common cold freaking out calling me like i'm i got the corona i got a common cold and i'm just like first of all take a breath just breathe. You're going to be just fine. We don't need to panic and stay, whatever you do, stay away from the hospitals because I feel like the protocols are what's killing people, not this so-called pandemic. Oh, I so agree. Absolutely. Well, you're speaking the language that we've had on this channel for two years and that's brilliant. There's some statistics I just got and I, I, you know, I'm always a little bit wary on statistics because it depends on how, how they're collated and you know, what their actual root is. But I, I wanted to share it with you and just kind of get your thoughts um, these statistics show that and this comes from our world in data that there were 12.8 billion doses given 4.95 billion people fully vaccinated, which translates to 63.5% of the world. The United States alone has supposedly 225 million people fully vaccinated. Do you think that that's an accurate portrayal of where we're at? You know, I'm like you. I'm very, very skeptical of any data, any numbers. I like to know where it's coming from. I mean, you know, I know that a lot of people vaccinated. There are a small, I mean, we are, I would say, definitely in the minority uh, when it comes to that. You know, I do know that more people, even the vaccinated people, a lot of people regret it. They were vaccinated by force. They were coerced to doing so. Uh, you know, so that number, I like to know how many, what percentage of that number uh, are those types of people that re that regretted their decision, that really didn't do it by choice. Uh, and so there's, you know, it's, but I, I would definitely say, I would hope it's more that didn't uh, get the vaccine, you know, but I just know a lot of people that did get the vaccine that regret it. And they were, like I said, coerced into doing so. Again, coercion is not consent. And anytime a pharmaceutical, um, product is coerced it's really 
that's criminal should be against the law. I mean, we live in a medical, uh, you know, we, we, we live in a free country and I love the quote by Benjamin Rush, who was a signer of the declaration of independence. And I've said this in my first speech that went viral, but you know, he was a signer of the declaration of independence. And he stated that we must put medical freedom in the constitution because the time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship to restrict the art of healing to one class of men. And I argue that that time is now that's what they're doing. You're seeing that big pharma. They're not, They've hijacked our government. I'm all for capitalism. I am a capitalist myself, but we have crony capitalism where these where big pharma has completely hijacked our government and they're passing bills and legislation to funnel them business and they are coercing their products on the people. And, and to me, that is absolutely a violation of bodily autonomy and it's uh, and it has no place in a free society. I fully agree. John Quincy Adams, duty is ours, results are God's. And our and as you mentioned, the Declaration of Independence, that second paragraph details exactly as our country was laid out, which was our king is God on the throne above us. Amen. It's very powerful. Let's talk a little bit about this vax. There's a lot of discussion and a lot of unknowns. And I mean, all the professional opinions that I could get and we've had on the show that Dr. Lee Merritt, obviously, Dr. Kerry Midday, uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, uh, many others, and some real insight into what this vax is doing. What, what kind of what I want to dig into here a little bit is what do you think this injection is doing in the body? And obviously, I mean, we all have a perspective. And then do you think it's able to be healed? That's a big question that's looming right now. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I, you know, my whole study is in the nervous system and my whole study in vaccinations, obviously, you know, the history and everything else, but from a physiological standpoint, all vaccinations are very dangerous and they, and I, and they cause what I say, the five D's. Okay. So first of all, um, you know, we have uh, degeneration, demyelination delays. We have disorders. And then I call the fifth D, which I don't like to talk about. I will, but anymore, it's, it's, it's already surfacing. And I've been saying this for 10 years, gender dysphoria, because you have a boral fetal cell tissue in that. But all these vaccinations, uh, when you break the skin barrier, um, you get a histamine response. Well, it, first, you get an, an immune response, but it's not the teeter or antibody they're measuring for. They're measuring for an immunoglobulin M, which is a teeter that they're measuring for from the vaccine. It takes two weeks for that teeter to spike. Um, or there's a pun there, I shouldn't use the word spike, uh, before IEGM is triggered. And so, you know, but they should be measuring these inflammatory markers from IgE, which is immunoglobulin E, which is an inflammatory antibody. And so IgE is triggered immediately after all vaccines, and that releases histamine, which allows the ingredients of these vaccinations to enter in the nervous system, okay? That's a, like a, that's a 30-second explanation of how these are entering the nervous system and wrecking and havoc on the nervous system. Now, that being said, these types of vaccinations like the corona and the mRNA, their goal is to have all vaccines be mRNA type vaccinations, which people need to really, really, really look into this um, as if their lives depend on it, because it does. Uh, you know, back in 19, I think, 96 or mid-90s, there were uh, people in the Christian world were um, up in arms about soy being genetically modified. They're saying that they accused them of playing God with with our food. And, but, you know, and, and we're not talking from like, you know, just splicing different types of genes from the same plant 
species into the plant. We're talking like a different genome, like a spider genome mixing with soybean and making it a whole, you know, just a completely different paradigm in, in, in genome splicing. And they're using CRISPR-Cas9 technology. And so this CRISPR-Cas9 technology, I mean, they used it in, I mean, look at the spider goat. They, they did the same thing with spider goat technology where the, the spider web produces a certain protein and they modified the genome of this goat uh, and the offspring of this goat uh, uh, produced the spider web in its milk. It looked like normal goat milk, but it, but it wasn't. It produced the protein in the, in the, in the milk and, and that was due to CRISPR-Cas9 technology. And now the, you know, they're making like bulletproof skin, the web, this, this protein is nine or 90 times stronger than steel. It's, it's actually quite interesting, but you know, what they're doing now with this, this CRISPR-Cas9, and I believe that technology is in this vaccine and we're not being told that we're saying, oh, it's mRNA. And I've seen literature. I mean, this is different than epigenetic responses. Your old vaccines are epigenetic, um, in nature, you know, they, they, they try to get, uh, influence the body in some way or shape or form. And that's an epigenetic influence. Now, these types of vaccinations, the MRNA type vaccinations, the CRISPR Cas9, I've, I've read the verbiage on these things. They don't mention genetic expression. What they mention is genome splicing, genome altering. And, you know, five, 10 years ago, I, I would have said, you're crazy. It's impossible to do that. But every vaccination is teratogenic. They have teratogens, which means it affects the offspring, just like the spider goat. So, you know, I wonder what these offspring are going to be like. It's literally modifying God's creation. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And these vaccines are altering our genetic makeup some way, shape, or form with CRISPR-Cas9 technology. And it's very concerning. And I think Satan's behind this whole thing because... You know, I believe Satan's goal is to modify God's creation every way he can, pervert it every way he can. And think about this now from an epigenetic standpoint, what kind of influence can they have and do and what kind of power um, is at their fingertips with this mRNA type technology and this CRISPR-Cas9 technology? I mean, they're talking about smart nanobot technology with the spike proteins and they can, you know, change messenger RNA. And that to me is, you know, they're playing God with the body and it's, you know, it's completely, completely satanic once you really get down to the nuts and bolts of it. Well, in fact, I just read in a release on DARPA's latest cutting-edge technologies is to create uh, genes in people that are resistant or have a defensive mechanism against gene altering. I mean, they're going now into this full weaponization of the body and genetic system. It's crazy. Yes, right. And they're playing God with it. And, it's, you know, that's where, you know, we think that we are smarter than the innate intelligence inside the body. And when you think when we have such a huge ego and arrogance to think that we are going to alter God's creation better than what he created, uh, I believe it's, uh, you know, those that exalt themselves will be humbled and those that humble themselves will be exalted. I think we're going to be, um, some people are going to be really humbled when, when, uh, when God uh, has the final say on the subject, but you know, it's, it's concerning and people in the Christian realm need to wake up and realize, gosh, this maybe, maybe has a check in my spirit. Maybe, uh, maybe I am, am wrong on these vaccinations and maybe I should start listening to people like, you know, myself or other other people but you know the thing is these vaccinations they have zero nutrients in in them i mean that's another red flag you should not be injecting any of these ingredients into your body 
And the way we do it completely bypasses of all the natural laws of physiology, the way God made the body. And that's why we have a, like a 10,000% increase in autoimmune disorders. We have a 10,000 times higher rate of autism. I mean, look at uh, in all the neurological development delays, disorders. Um, I mean, it's crazy. And I have vaccine inserts that go back for 20, 30 years. And they're trying to make these inserts as vague as possible. And, you know, I, I, I had just been studying these, these inserts and it's crazy if people knew the magnitude of these, the, what these vaccinations are doing in the body, I truly believe there would be a revolution overnight. But again, going back to our earlier conversation before we got on this, this broadcast is that so many people are choosing a comfortable lie rather than an uncomfortable truth. Oh, that's well said. Really well said. One of the big pushes that's happening now, we're seeing it in uh, the area of agriculture and farming and ranching is the push now to either grow vaccines in food. That was one down in California putting vaccines in new strains of lettuce. And one of the other big ones now is that the vaccines for cows are supposed to be mRNA-based so that it will end up being in the milk. Now, I'm just curious your thoughts on this because you hit something very important, which you just said a minute ago. It's when they pierce the skin. And I'm curious if you th what your thoughts here are is, is it, are these vaccines this more of just a, a saber-rattling threat, or is there truly a true threat in the health of the human being that's non-vaccinated if you ingest the milk or this, say, a, 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 a vegetable product with this mRNA in it? Does it affect the body the same way? Well, your body is, it has different mechanisms. So, you know, once we um, ingest something, you know, we have different bacterial strains uh, in the body that, that's responsible for, you know, like, let's say detoxification. Uh, you know, that's why, um, you know, you can tolerate so much uh, micrograms of aluminum when you ingest it or certain micrograms of different metals. Um, and, but again, if it's a, it all depends. I mean, because they can have metals in the food that are higher than the body's tolerance. And that becomes a, um, an issue because, you know, any metal that's a, like, let's say a neurotoxin that's going to spike. It's a neurotoxin because what happens is again, inflammatory processes occur and histamines released, which allows those metals to enter in the nervous system. And that's the, that's the control board of the body. Uh, and so that's concerning. I mean, if you have a modified food source, I mean, I've read that too, that they're, they're planning on you know, injecting all these different animals with mRNA vaccine. That's why I think it's very vitally important now more than ever to know your farmer, support your local farm farmers markets and, and grow your own food more now than ever before. You know, and I've read articles about bananas years ago. This was like probably eight to 10 years ago. They were trying to modify bananas to be, uh, vaccination based and and to modify the food and that's been the goal and that's why it's very concerning when Mr. Bill Gates is buying up farmland and pushing out his meatless burgers and all this other nonsense because who, who Lord knows what's in that stuff and these particles these nanoparticles that they have I mean they're extremely microscopic and you can't visibly see these things and it's with the naked eye and it can very easily be hidden in our foods 
And so who knows what they kind of smart technology they have in these nanoparticles. I mean, my imagination goes crazy and it makes me almost to the point I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm very extremely cautious and it's almost to the point where it's kind of like a paranoia. It's not, and it's like, Oh, I'm going to just be highly cautious. And we live in a very interesting time where you just can't be, um, you know, complacent and when just consuming foods. I mean, I love to eat out, eat, drink, and be merry, but I think it's it, it's wise to know where your food comes from. Oh, I fully agree. Let's start with a little bit of discussion about your protocols you'd handle with somebody who is sick and unvaccinated. Let's start there. What would you what's what's your approach towards the health and protocols for them? Well, it all depends. Again, you know, I don't like naming disease, right? Uh, I hate, you know, I, I believe when big pharma loves to name symptomatology, big pharma says they create entities out of it. They create vaccines for it. They create pharmaceuticals for it. And so uh, disease is, is a disturbed condition. It's not a thing or entity like big pharma wants to indoctrinate us into thinking. And so we have to understand the word dis-ease. We're moving away from a state of uh you know, this and in, into a state of ease. And so basically my, my goal, obviously like any physician would look very standard protocols to get a history, get a case history, get demographics, go from there. And then I always look to the spine. Hippocrates said, look to the spine first in all disease. And that's my job as a, as a doctor of chiropractic. Again, my job is the restoration and maintenance of the integrity of the nervous system. So I always look to the spine first I find anything, any interference in the nervous system, the best of my ability. And then I focus on toxicity and deficiency. Um, and I move away from that into purity and sufficiency. We do that through detoxification, supplementation, changing diet, um, and going from there. I have def I have detoxification protocols in my office, um, you know, and, and I have some supplementation I recommend. I'm real big on macro supplementation versus the micro. I think so many people and influencers are focusing so much on the micro details and derivatives of food sources that they're missing the big idea. You know, your body needs macronutrients. Yes, there are some situations where micronutrients can specifically target certain areas and cells and organs in the body, which can be beneficial 100%. But the biggest thing is we need to we need to eat well. We need to get away from these highly processed, nutritionally bankrupt foods, and we need to watch our sugar consumption. We need to watch the processed foods. I mean, that, that they 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 look better, they smell better, and but taste better for sure. They're highly addictive. They don't talk about the junk salts, the junk sugars, and the junk fats that they put in these foods. How addictive they are, and uh, we need to move into how God created us to eat. I mean, any more food has been such a, um, you know, we eat because we're bored. We eat because um, we're addicted to this food. We eat for pleasure. And, you know, and, you know, God calls us to is to fast. Fasting is a big one. So that's where my detoxification protocols come in is fasting. You know, when I'm sick, I fast. When I feel sluggish, when I feel run down, if I have aches and pains, guess what? I fast. Fasting is absolutely essential because we, we are trained to consume three large meals a day. I grew up, we need lunch, we need breakfast, we need lunch and dinner. And then following the government push protocol for the food pyramid, that's our recipe for inflammation. That's a recipe for autoimmune. That's a recipe for us to be fat, sick, and dumb. So that's why we need to get away from that food pyramid. I mean, Thomas Jefferson stated that if people let the government decide what foods they eat, what medicines they take, their bodies will soon be in a sorry state as those souls who live under tyranny. So we need to get away from the government pushed 
um, health system. The government pushed food pyramids. Basically, anything the government says, you should do the opposite. And we should be healthy. I mean, that's kind of my rule here. But but again, focusing on toxicity, deficiency, moving away from that into purity and sufficiency, and the body will start to be well. So when we take somebody who has been vaxxed, and I, I just asked this question because this is very pressing with a lot of people in their families who have been, we have families that are deeply divided over this issue of some that are vaxxed, some that are waking up and regretting the vax. I, I'm, I, I'm with you on the sense that this is a genetic level issue and I'm not sure that there's any way to undo it. But in terms of the body also has an amazing restorative power if we give it room to your point to do its job. Amen. So I guess when I'm kind of leading to is, I mean, I'm a big one that I, I talk openly about the fact that if you've taken the, the vax, the first place to start literally is on your knees and in through a, through a process of prayer and repentance. But then I would add to that and, and to add your thoughts on this, I mean, the fasting seems critical, basic solid regimes like this, they give the body an opportunity to restore, which I think opens the avenue to hope. What are your thoughts? Hope is the most powerful drug there is, my friend. So, you know, and that's the only drug I believe we should be taking, but starting prayer and fasting. I mean, the disciples talked about how they couldn't, um, you know, get the demons, cast out demons. And Jesus said it's because this type of demon, it requires prayer and fasting. And that's why I like to, you know, you know, a lot of the virgins don't say fasting. They just say prayer. But really, if you look at, um, you know, King James Version, it says prayer and fasting. So, you know, when we do fast, I tell patients, don't tell anybody about it. It's just between you and the Lord. You know, we are spiritual vessels. We're not just, you know, human beings having a spiritual, you know, reality. We we are very much spiritual beings having a human experience. And so, you know, we need to, yes, tap into the creator. He's the one that created this body. He's the, you know, he's the, he, he created this body. And so he knows the body. So starting there to the source, a hundred percent, that is the go-to source, uh, you know, and so prayer is absolutely essential. There's healing power in prayer. And I don't care what, you know, I say, or what any other physician says about how terrible this vaccine is, God can restore, he can heal, he can, he is the author of miracles, he's the author of healing, so starting there is so important, prayer and fasting, uh, and, you know, I believe God can heal anything, and he, and uh, he, you know, um, doesn't matter what disease or condition you have, God can heal anything, and he can work miracles, and so that's, you know, a great point, start there, again, um, you know, then once you start there, then be obedient to him. You know, I feel like God's love language is obedience. And, you know, and um, so we need healing spiritually. We need healing uh, in a lot of our choices that we make and understand that our choices have end results. Every choice we make has a consequence, um, you know, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and making good choices. Those are all the things. Um, but, you know, that's, that's my go-to. In your practice, are you, and it is your practice, but also you're, you're dealing with a, a very strained, we're all dealing with a very strained cultural ethics and morality. Are you able to bring your faith into your practice very comfortably? Well, I'm very open about that. I tell people that my practice is a ministry. I view healthcare as a ministry. You know, that's what it's all about. If we understand who does the healing, I mean, it's, you know, God put an innate intelligence aside all living organisms. And our job is to optimize that every way we know how. And that's, you know, again, like it, it's, 
you know, I pray for people. I, the chiropractic symbol is a, is an angel. It's a holistic profession. You know, the developer of chiropractic, B.J. Palmer, stated that, you know, God, innate intelligence is, is proof, you know, that God is in the body. He healed, He made the body. You know, in other words, the power that made the body heals the body and happens no other way. So for me to practice any other way is a contradiction to what I firmly believe and stand on. So it is a very much a holistic profession. And that's why I believe a lot of this stuff is so evil and with the Corona stuff, because we're not practicing that way anymore. We're so secular when it comes to the body. We're so secular in healthcare when the body in itself is not, we're not secular. We're spiritual. We're spiritual beings. And you take that side, that, that component out of it, you, you know, that's why we have disease on the on, on the, the forefront. We have 80% of Americans suffering with chronic disease associated with poor lifestyle choices. And I believe uh, spirituality plays a huge role in that. And 60% of our children are chronically ill. So going back to the question of can I practice, I you know, that's the beauty of my four walls. And I view this as a ministry. During the heat of the COVID, excuse me, mandates, the mass mandates, we I was fortunate enough to still be open. And, you know, it would have taken a lot to shut me down. Even if they said to close my doors, I probably still would have bucked the system and stayed open, you know, but I didn't practice their violations or their uh, regulations. I didn't, you know, I was supposed to put signs on my door. Um, I was supposed to wear a mask and glove up and I was supposed to have stickers on my floor. I didn't do any of that. I played worship music and I put my hands on people. And, you know, I had people come into my office and ladies would cry and say, it feels so normal here, you know, and aren't you afraid? You know, and I would see, I would see about 300 patients a week. And I did that during the whole pandemic, you know, all the way up to the last six months ago. And I was seeing roughly 300 patients a week and I'd, and I'd come in close proximity with every patient and I put my hands on patients and I would, and I pose a question and I've asked the people too, these health directors, I said, well, how many people do I have to come in contact with? How many violations do I have to break? And, and how many people do I put my hands on before this whole contagion claim is mathematically impossible? That's perfect. I just, I love the fact you put hands on. I mean, just, it's just, it's beautiful. Let me ask a little bit about the approach in the practice, especially in chiropractic. My experience has been there's a much more relationship and maintenance approach towards health versus come in, we'll fix you with a drug, kick you out. Um, do you see that? In, do you build that relationship with your clients to come in and then to have kind of a regular, I'll, I'll call it a maintenance rather than checkup, but just to kind of keep the body in alignment, keep the body going and keep them moving along? Yeah. So going back to, you know, what we do is the restoration and maintenance of the integrity of the nervous system. So, you know, I believe spinal hygiene is very important. So I, I have people come in uh, and I, you know, I stress the importance of a healthy spine. You only get one spine. So we need to take care of it. You know, you only get one nervous system. I mean, you can replace your teeth. You can get a prosthetic eye, prosthetic leg. You know, you can get a kidney transplant, a heart transplant, a lung transplant, you know, but you can't transplant your spine. You can't, you know, you get one spine. And so we need to take care of it. We need to move well, you know, um, you know, I always tell patients movement in the spine alone generates about 90% of the stimulation nutrition to the nervous system and the nervous system controls every cell, every tissue, every organ in the body. So it's vitally important that we move and move well. And so that's what chiropractors do. People say, oh, that's quackery. I'm like, movement's quackery? Because what we do is find areas in the spine that aren't moving, that are causing a hindrance in the nervous system, a blockage and interference. We call that a subluxation. And again, going back to the 
holistic root of the word. Sub means below. Lux is a Latin word for light, and Asian is a condition. So a condition of a diminished impulse or light in the body. Don't you want more light to express more light potential, healing potential in the body? Well, we do that by restoring or removing interference. But going back to, you know, the physicians, you know, the only thing that patients care about to the physician is the physician cares, you know, and if, and so many physicians have got this backwards, they are in this profession to make money. And I believe that is a, it just is a preconceived thing in schools. Like, oh, you want to make a lot of money, become a doctor. You want to make a lot of money, drive, you know, drive these fancy cars, go become a doctor. And a lot of these guys, their motives were to get through school to make a lot of money and they became great uh, businessmen, but lousy physicians. And, you know, and it's the true, uh, the true physician is the one that's practicing and the, the practicing physician is the one that cares and the, and the practicing physician that cares, that's what graduates a true physician. And, you know, and so we need to listen to these physicians that care and, um, really, um, you know, and I just pray that the, the physicians that are in this profession understand that what we do are, we're here to serve and we're here to, as a ministry, and I view my clinic as a ministry. And so I don't know, that's, that's where we're at. And going back to, you know, my thought is to, it just leads to the two types of physicians, like the business type mindset and these administrative physicians, um, they're the ones that are contaminating healthcare and they're, they're trying to monopolize the healthcare industry uh, by pushing uh, bad science. And, um, and, and they don't understand really what disease is and how to become healthy. You know, they're telling people we're sick because of bad germs and bad luck and, and, and um, you know, bad genes, but really that, again, that just is, is really bad thinking and bad science you know, and because if the germ theory were true, it'd all be dead by now. And if ger- and if genes truly played a role in disease, then um, you know there'd be a whole. I would say a whole lot. Well, we already have a lot of disease, but like g- true pathology, you can blame genes like one or two percent of pathology, and that's like Down syndrome or cystic fibrosis. But but other than that, it's it's usually poor lifestyle choices, and and I think sin plays a role, and and um, just the, you know, physical, chemical, emotional stresses that we are exposed to. Um, but yeah. The point you just made, I think that is awesome. That sin plays a role. We don't usually equate that in our health, but it is so true very much in terms of, and it just reminds me of the serpents in the camp and Moses erecting this staff with the single serpent. And we have medical industry that seems to mock it with the double headed serpent on their staff. So we have the choice really at the Valley of decision which is quite interesting when we look at health and, and where to go, right? Right. Amen. In your new practice, are you are you taking any new directions or is it was it just a, a, a reset, a break? But you've had reason I say this is you've had quite an exposure and opportunity to take a sabbatical to look at things a little differently. Not that you will change things, but are you incorporating any new technologies or new approaches in your new in your new practice? You know, it's great that you asked that. You know, my I'm stepping out of network. Um, you know, the insurance is another reason I think healthcare is so expensive. You know, every 30 seconds, someone goes uh, bankrupt due to medical bills that they can't afford. Uh, and I don't want to be binded to these contracts with insurance company companies anymore. I don't want to be at their scrutiny. You know, I always felt like I worked for them. 
uh, and they just had uh, this unlimited power that they can monitor my collections. They can monitor what I was charging patients. And if I truly believe that healthcare is a ministry, then I, my only choice is to go out of network and go cash. It's going to be a little simpler. Um, and I can be able to, I have the freedom to, to do what I want, to charge what I want, to help more people out that are financially struggling. I'm not going to be a charity, but again, I want to help as many people as I can. And, you know, I am going to, uh, you know, I want to be functional based, I'm really big on, you know, um, you know, there are some really good biofeedback machines out there. Uh, I have, a, I bought a machine that is basically like running the EKG on every organ in the body. It points out a lot of different deficiencies. It can point out, let's say you have a parasite. It can actually, everything is frequency based. And so, you know, your heart would give a frequency, your, your lungs would give a frequency, your liver gives a frequency, you know, everything has a frequency. And so this machine and parasites can give frequencies. And so this machine can actually read um, different frequencies and tell you exactly kind of what's going on um, and then go from there. So it gives us an understanding, but again, you know, those machines are really cool and it can pinpoint certain things. But again, I'm, I'm real big on the big picture folks on the big picture, all else will follow. And uh, you know, I think that if we you know, my goal is to, even though if you have like certain specific things that are going on, my, my motives and my mode of treatment is always adjusting and then focus on toxicity and deficiency and moving into purity and sufficiency. One of the big challenges we face right now as a whole society, actually globally, is this 5G intersection. It's this being put in all these communities. How do you see 5G in terms of health and preventative too? Because it's this is a big concern for people. Because this is all around us these days. It's all around us, and you think that I'd have better reception in the woods here, uh, you know, with this five G technology. But you know, it doesn't. It did not improve my signal whatsoever. I don't care, care what they claim. So it makes me wonder what the true potential of this five G is. I mean, I've heard a lot of things like this is microwave technology that they can just use these as bioweapons if they wanted to. You know, then I've heard that the six G is what's going to actually turn on these nanoparticles and actually control different things. You know, I, and it's really eerie, the timing of this, why were they put up uh, during um, the pandemic when everybody's on lockdowns? Why were they so adamant about putting these everywhere uh, in the 2020 and when we're supposed to be locked at home? I found that really, really weird and interesting, mm -hmm. you know, and I just want to know why, what, what was the motive behind that? And really looking behind these technologies, why are these, you know, we don't see any literature on the safety studies of these things, hardly at all. It's like vaccinations. You don't see anything coming to the surface in the mainstream uh, on this, which may, raises a red flag for me because I we do know that this EMF stuff is real. It is, you know, um, it's it, it can be absolutely harmful. I, and I think we need to be proactive in this because getting shutting your Wi-Fi off at night, I think we need to have some EMF protection paint. There's some paint that you can paint your house with, the walls, um, and do the best you can. Um, you know, I, I've i seen them now in water towers. I'm like, what the heck? Are we just radiating our water? Uh, you know, and I just I just feel like, you know, I, I just I, it is scary to me. Um, but again, it's like, come Lord Jesus, come, because I feel like these... <laughs> The world we're living in is just, it's getting crazier by the day. Oh, it definitely is. In fact, I played a piece last night, but every single day, I, I'm stunned at how crazy it gets. We played a piece last night on the show of a woman talking about dating, and she ended up with a rash. The story goes, the woman kissed this guy at a bar, ended up with a rash on her face. Oh. She took the test. They asked her for the name of the guy. Have you heard this story? No, I haven't. And they ended up 
they heard the rash. The doctors asked immediately, like, who's the name of this individual? And she was kind of stunned. She said, why do I need to give it? They said, because the only way you could get that rash is if he was exposed to dead people. He was a cannibal. And he had bodies in his house. And he was eating them. And it's like, (laughs) I'm like, how much crazier can we get? A great friend of mine just said today, he's like, you know, he says, I just said it on the show last night. In two weeks, we're going to look back and say, wow, all I had to worry about then was a, a necromancy rash. Now look where we are. I mean, we're literally moving that fast and that crazy, right? So crazy. Oh my goodness. You know, that's the thing. It's, that's why I want to protect my kids so bad about, you know, the world that we're in. I just, I, uh, I pray for my children in the future that we're leaving them. And, and that's why, again, I feel so convicted to keep, keep speaking the truth and being bold and courageous in today's time. Oh my goodness. And that's why we homeschool too, because (laughs) I feel like parents, if you're listening to this, you have kids, like find a way, get them into a Christian school or homeschool your children because the war, um, there, you know, Satan is coming after the, our children more now than ever. And just the evils that be are just, it's, you know, it's crazier by the day. It really is. And, and Ben, you seem like someone who has just which is wonderful. You you do have a very intimate relationship with the Lord in all that you talk about. I think you're the first, not I think, you are the first person in the medical realm that I have heard refer to their practice as ministry. And I will tell you, that just sings in my heart. It's beautiful because I think that's part of the gift that we're in right now is to realize that so much of what we do, even this channel, this is a ministry is to appreciate what the Lord has given us mm. to do ministry in the various forms of gifts and talents that we have. Amen, brother. Well, thank you for saying that. You know, you hit, you know, just hearing you say that it, it warms my heart. And to be honest with you, ever since I was young, I, I always said I was going to be a pastor and, and it's funny because I, I remember one time I took my dad's truck out when I was 16 years old. I grew up in a small town and and I took one of my best friends and we were we're gonna be a sophomore and we just took some girls at this graduate high school and and we were nerds, okay? And these girls were like they were completely out of our league and they they agreed to come mun with us for whatever reason. And so we were in the truck and we took them down to the by the river and we went through one pass. We barely made it through. And I said, Hey, do you want to go again? They thought that was the funniest thing ever. And I went a little bit deeper, closer to the river. Well, the truck just went in like six feet of mud and you got, it was completely stuck that you couldn't even open the doors. And I was like, Oh my goodness, what did I just do? And, uh, make a long story short, it, three people tried to pull me out, couldn't get me out. Finally, this guy named Zub, it was almost midnight. And I was, mind you, I was supposed to be home at 10 PM or nine 30 or so. My brother and sister were driving through town trying to find me. It's 12 or 1230 at night, midnight. And Zub had this huge chain. He had a massive Dodge. It was like a monster truck. He's like, I'll pull you out. And he was like the town drunk. He shouldn't even been out there that late and had this massive chain pulled up next to me. And, uh, I was praying the whole time, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll become a pastor. <laughs> I'll become, a, I'll be in ministry, you know, and well, he got me out and I got home and I was grounded, but uh, I remember that promise, like I will be in ministry. So, you know, that's, you know, the Bible says that we're all ministers and it doesn't, you don't have to be pastoring a church to be in ministry. You know, everything you do should be um, as Christian, you know, you can be a janitor and consider that ministry. Everything you do, consider you're doing it for the Lord and for the kingdom. And so, 
what a world um, revival if we had that mindset. Instead of viewing our work as a secular world, look at it as a opportunity to be uh, to do God's work, to do ministry. God has, has you there for a reason, and there's no reason we can't be uh, ministers in the secular world. The light shines the brightest in the darkness, and and so for me, my opportunity to minister is in my office, and uh, I don't take that lightly, and. Uh, you know, and we we must not be discouraged, even if you have a small influence or a big influence, it doesn't matter. You know, we never know how far reaching something we may think, say or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. Wow, that's greatly said. And it's it's awesome too. It feathers in so well to a message I've been pushing out so much lately, which is we're at this valley of decision and we have to choose between following what we will do or turning to the Lord and saying, How can I serve you better? Amen. And in that juncture. I think that's really where we all kind of face. Do you have a website and can people follow you there or anything like that? You know, you can watch our film. We put out a documentary last December um, and you can go to the time is now dot movie, um, not dot com. It's the time is now dot movie. You can watch our documentary. Um, basically, you can bas- basically ha- uh, learn how we got slandered. I got labeled as disinformation dozen. Um, you know, and all my social media accounts were deleted, excuse me, PayPal seized my account, took my money, Venmo seized my accounts. I've been permanently banned off PayPal, Venmo, TikTok, Twitter. Um, and, uh, again, um, the time is now dot movie. You can follow me on Instagram, Dr. Ben Tapper to search that. Hopefully it'll pop up. I've been shadow banned and censored on there. Um, my new, my website at the clinic, it's not up yet, but it's going to be, um, Tapper, Cairo.com, tappercairo.com. So I appreciate you asking about the website. Sure. Yeah. And last question on that too, is it, can you see people from out of state? I mean, I, some doctors are limited, but if somebody wanted to come in and see you, could they come in and see you if they can make an appointment? Is that open? Absolutely. Uh, we had people coming, you know, the, in the last year and a half, you know, God really kind of gave me a platform and got my voice out there. And so we had people come from California. We've had people coming from Missouri. We had people come from, you know, Chicago, Kansas. We had people from all over come in, in to see us. Um, and unfortunately it was related to vaccine injuries. And so, <clears throat> you know, I was very thankful that they were in my office, uh, you, you know, and, and I pray for those people and, and do the best I can with those people, you know, and, uh, and so, yes, going back to your question, we can see people from out of state. That's awesome. Well, we always close with a prayer. If it's okay with you, I'll lead a prayer. Absolutely. Okay. Father, we want to thank you today just for another amazing meeting of a great warrior in this time who's seeking to serve you and serve the kingdom so well. And we're just inspired today by just the enthusiasm, the energy, the focus on truth and leading to the greater healing, not just in physical body, but in spirit and soul. Father, we just ask that you continue to look over Dr. Ben Tapper and all that he does to bless his new clinic and to open the eyes and doors for many to seek out this sort of truth, to seek out the healing that's at the root of what you gave us, a perfect body system, just needing to have the nurturing and the the way to just let the body do its own work with great hands and great minds like Dr. Ben Tapper. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Scott, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity to be with Scott. In Jesus' name, pray. 
I pray those are listening. I pray that just inspired and, and um, be bold and courageous. You know, God, like I said, I feel like God just put on my heart um, just conviction over complacency. And that's what it's all about. It really is. And it's just, and I'm just going to tell you, this is a really refreshing and energized interview. I really have enjoyed it. So thank you today. It's uh, you're, you're a great soul in this fight. I'll tell you. Well, Scott, thank you, man. We should do this again. Absolutely. Have a very blessed day and we'll, we'll be in touch. All right, brother. Sounds good. Thanks. God bless. Well, Patriots. That was Dr. Ben Tapper. I think one of the things that, or a couple of the things actually that jumped out at me in that interview was one, he is the first medical professional I've spoken to that sees his practice as ministry. And that just speaks so deeply to who he is. The other thing he threw in there was that sin should be considered part of health. And I absolutely love that. That's something we don't usually factor in, and yet it has so much truth. So I hope this interview is inspiring. And there's a lot in that and a lot to consider in terms of how we are moving forward. The fact that there are Great doctors like this standing up, standing up with God to fight this fight and to lead the spiritual fight in so many realms. So really take to heart what has been said here about ministry, because what we're doing and where God leads us is a ministry, and it takes many different forms, and that's part of resetting the world in terms of the, our faith and our love in Christ. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested 
and wish to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 